Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming More podcast. We're on episode 10. Um, my name is Brett Yo. I'm Becoming Brett on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And today I'm here with Ben Phelps, otherwise known as Ben Jitsu, Jen, Ben Jitsu, formerly Primal Bro on Instagram. Welcome, Ben. Hey, Brett. How's it going? Thank you for having me on so early um, in the, I guess, the life of this podcast. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on. I'm doing well today. Uh, it's, we're recording on a Friday, so that's always a good day. Yeah. Um, so I like to start off the podcast by asking everyone like kind of like the bottom line of their story because I'm a big pro wrestling fan. So I stole Stone Cold's line. And um, so what is like your bottom line of how far you've come so far in your journey? Uh, bottom line, from I was overweight my whole life uh, up to my heaviest as an adult at 333 pounds. Um, I lost 155 pounds from heaviest to lightest. Uh, and then I just started trying to do uh, like cool shit with this new body, right? So to speak, to make it really quick. Awesome. And um, the reason I, I know we're early in the podcast, I wanted to bring you on because you brought me on your show a couple months ago and uh, we had a great conversation. So I figured I'd pay back the favor since yeah. I think your show was the first place I and that, talked about doing this show itself. Yeah, no, I uh, appreciate it. Yeah. So, so you, happy to be here. Yeah. Glad to have you. Uh, so you mentioned that you're heavy, like all your life, as far as you remember, what was like your first realization that you were big? Like, was there, cause like for me, there was a moment where I was at a zoo and I saw my, like I saw a picture of myself sitting on like a statue of a rhinoceros later on. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely big. <laughs> So was there like some realization like that for you when you were young? Uh, there, I don't necessarily know that this was the first time I had the realization, but there is one that sticks out fairly vividly. Uh, and I was, uh, it was in middle school and it was like the first time you had dances in school, right? So mm -hmm. you would actually dress well. Uh, and the way that I would dressing on a day-to-day -day basis was almost it changed as it, it just, you do it to hide things, right? There's certain way, anybody that's been big uh, knows like what clothes to wear, how to do it. Uh, we've all made the same mistakes, like double layering the t-shirts and all that stuff. So like uh, I was good at hiding it on a normal basis, but then all of a sudden it's like, well, put on uh, nicer, well-fitting clothes and tuck your shirt in. And that was like, that was like the, I guess one of the first times where it really deeply bothered me. Um, but like, it was, I don't know, like I said, I don't know that that was the first time, but that was probably the earliest. Uh, and then obviously it just kind of grew and uh, manifested in different ways from there on, right? Plenty of those moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I, I, we all have those. Cause as soon as you tuck your shirt in, you, you look like way bigger than you would do if you have it hanging loose and yeah, all that. <clears throat> and of course, double layering, I'm pro at that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, I think everyone, every heavy guy that I've ever talked to has done that at some point, double layering. Yeah, because because you, you don't want like skin to show. So you're like, whatever it takes for this one shirt to be tucked in all the time. And then, yeah, if I can round this off a little bit, almost right, it takes yeah. away some of the yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so growing up, you said you were heavy. Did, were you uh, an athlete at all? Like, did you play sports or was it more like video games and stuff uh, like that? The, the extent of my athletics uh, as a kid, I played t-ball for two seasons, I think. Uh, and I played like peewee football for a couple seasons. That was kind of a last ditch effort to play on the size, right? Because I was always on the big side. 
Um, especially when I, I was younger, I, I was taught, I was proportionately to other people. Like now I'm six foot and I would say I'm relatively average. I don't feel tall all the time, but when I was in elementary school, when I was a little kid, I was just, I felt tall all the time. And then mm-hmm. I was also big. Uh, so football was, a kind of like, maybe he'll be good at this. We'll leverage the size kind of thing. And that none of it stuck. And then it basically just became video games uh big big into video games right i had a lot of time at that point uh to read comic books because i i'm not an only child but my sister is 16 she was 16 when i was born so she's 16 years older than i am yeah um so i like i kind of more had like three parents (laughs) sort of (laughs) like she she would babysit me all the time but like so i was alone not in a sad way but i was like an only child right so like comic Mm -hmm. books was a big thing video games was a big thing um and, and yeah, it was just a, a life of inactivity, but like oh, if the horror story that they paint of kids today, I was already doing like then, you know what I mean? I was ahead yeah. of the time. Yeah. I think of it every time I see, uh, whenever I watch football games and like they have that play 60 ad every time. Yeah. And I'm always like, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't me. I mean, we would go outside and play sometimes with the neighborhood kids, but we live in the city, but for the most part it was, let's stay inside where it's air conditioned and <laughs> and nice and not have to go out um so and i was also similar i was also like really like i was like probably six feet i was like always like a head taller than everybody so and now i'm like six two six three so it's a lot more normalized Um, yeah everyone caught up kind of right yeah the difference isn't as big yeah yeah because i remember being like six foot at like 13 and i was like yeah i was like way taller than everybody caught up um so throughout like as you're in childhood and like going into high school like, did you have like a time where it had like a really big gain or was it always just kind of like inching up slightly? It, it was, it was always inching up slightly, I guess, to, to answer it quickly. Um, mm-hmm. It, it accelerated. There were two points because it was a continuous gain up to my heaviest. I didn't do a lot of uh, dieting attempts like in high school or even like shortly after I graduated when I did college and any of that stuff. Um so, but two big things were, uh, I got married young. I guess I'll start with the first one, which was, I got a, I had my car, my license, I got a job, I had my own money. Um, mm-hmm. so that like little dose or boost of freedom or lack of supervision, we'll call it, uh, what that escalated it a little bit. And like in the job choice was the worst. I worked at Domino's. Uh, and we, we, I would get pizza for free all the time. So it wasn't even mm-hmm. a point of having my own money. Cause a lot of times I didn't even have to pay for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, so, I, I had similar where I worked in movie theater and it was free popcorn. Yeah, exactly. Time. So it was like, it, I was just, it escalated a little there. And then when I got married, uh, and started doing like real life grown up stuff, uh, I did the same kind of settling in that I think happens to everyone to some degree. Uh, where you just like, but what, what that settling in or kind of like, I don't know, we we had kids and we were married and life just life kind of slowed down. So that allowed me more time for my eating to speed up, I guess, to put it really oversimplify, like to oversimplify it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so, but it was, it was a continuous, uh, gradual gain built on the same, it was the same behavior and habits that I had when I was a kid. I just never really corrected, addressed whatever. And, uh, they just kept spiraling bigger and bigger and then boom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was similar. Um, cause I had the car early too, and it was very easy to just do it. Like instead of getting lunch at school, I would go to, I just hold, cause we got out at school at like two o'clock. So I would hold off and go to Taco Bell 
mm. at lunch. I just like get like a snack and then have Taco Bell for lunch at two o'clock, two thirty, whatever it was. Yeah, um, I mean the same thing. You stop yeah. and hit a drive-through on the way home from school. So like eat lunch at school, have another meal basically on the way home, then have dinner with your family. And then if it's a weekend, you sleep. But you know what I'm saying, like yeah. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so. You said you got married young. How old were you when you got married? Uh, I was 20. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Super young. <laughs> yeah, I was 24. Um, and so so you have like a lot of like real life problems and situations to deal with. And that, of course, leads to more. It's, it's easier to just go grab, <clears throat> grab a bag of whatever you prefer, which is um, like for me, it was pretzels and mm. sometimes Doritos. Um, what was your favorite like? to go go to snack back then uh well if we're talking if we're talking snacks uh yeah. which is really hard it's funny because like there are some things that some tendencies of big people so to speak that i that i didn't have like things that i don't do like breakfast i didn't eat much breakfast or any at all right and snacking is a similar thing like i've never been big on snacking i'd rather wait until i could get my hands on a large pizza right so <laughs> Uh, it's hard to answer the snack thing in all honesty, but, uh, chips were always easy. I didn't necessarily love them. Um, but yeah. it was like something to put in my mouth, I guess, looking back at it as for, for lack of a better term. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would mostly hold out for pizza because as funny as it is having pizza around all the time at my job, uh, pizza, even when I, before I could work when I was a little kid, um, pizza's just always been, pizza's always been there for me. Right. You talked about like becoming an adult and dealing with grown up things problems situations mm -hmm. uh it was like pizza never let me down right <laughs> so that was always the big thing uh for me honestly snacks weren't as big of a problem uh but it didn't obviously necessarily help me not yeah. get heavy <laughs> did, did, did you ever have it where because pizza um i like pizza too um did you ever have it where like so you were eating with like family or friends or whoever and like almost like it became a competition who ate the most so not it's funny because i was the only one that really had that in them, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone else could totally do, uh, go to the get together, uh, and like, you know, one, two slices at the party, mm -hmm. whatever. Right. Whereas I, so, and, and it's funny because I, that was no one around me would even come close competitively. Right. If I want to yeah. look back at it, <laughs> not to brag, I guess. Um, but I, what I would start doing is be like, all right, so at two slices per person, there's 10 people here. That's 20 people. If they got four pizzas and you start to do this really elaborate mathematical equation to be like, well, how many can I eat realistically? Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't, I would gamify it, but it never really got competitive just because I wasn't around anyone that pushed me in that way. Mm -hmm. Probably fortunately, honestly, because it may, it may have exaggerated yeah. the problem that was already kind of there. So, cause I was always like the biggest, like when I'd have, when we go to friends' houses for different like sleepovers and hangouts and stuff. And like a lot of times they, some of them would be like that cause they were like skinny and they'd be like, oh, I can put down more than you. <laughs> and um, <laughs> even though I was a lot bigger, uh, even though, but I would usually do four, you know, uh, and then, but they, and one guy did, I think he did like seven at one time. And I, that's I me, mean, that's almost a whole pizza in like one sitting. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's too much. Um, so, talked about your background getting into like being married what what was like the moment where you realized you needed to like make a change and that like, this wasn't going to be like for you forever like you're you don't want to be 333 pounds forever uh, 
So I feel like I've said this a couple times, but it, well, there was no one particular trigger or moment, but the mm-hmm. same group, this, there's three things uh, that all kind of happened at the same, within the same, what felt like same week, but it probably more realistically was within the same month. Uh, but I had, uh, we had some family photos done because we had kids, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, those photos and seeing myself with them being heavy, like I had seen pictures of myself before and I saw that I was heavy in it. It's funny. Cause I just like, it didn't, it didn't hit me the same way. I mean, I didn't, I never loved seeing pictures of myself. And then when I saw those, it like, hurt different, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Uh, and I also was working at a local United way nonprofit. So like they have chapters, so to speak, or like branches yeah. locally. Uh, so I worked at one of those and we shared a parking lot with a Wawa, uh so i would go to wawa like either one time a day and get stuff for the day or multiple times per day and and there was one point where i was walking just and it was maybe like an eighth of a mile Mm -hmm. realistically (laughs) and and, but like i remember how just being miserable like feeling winded and just unrealistically exhausted i don't want to make it sound like i was dead after walking that short distance but dead enough to where it also kind of it, it was like what, what what am i even doing and then i had a doctor's appointment and they bring up that i had high blood pressure and that i was pre-diabetic uh or maybe not he said the word pre-diabetic talking about uh my blood sugar and stuff mm-hmm. like that but he, i don't know that it was an official diagnosis as much of a this is the direction you're headed uh, oh, yeah. but either way i heard the word uh and it was associated with me uh, so then there were, so there were like emotional, I guess there was an mm-hmm. emotional concern uh, because of like the family picture thing. There was like a self-esteem realistically. Uh, I think there's an element of vanity and transformation, no matter what anyone says, even if it's not your top priority or it's not even the top three. Uh, it's something that you think about. I, I would say uh, maybe that's me being vain. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I definitely feel that way when I look at like when I ever do the, uh, different transformation posts like mm-hmm. i look at myself now versus then like the, the then po- photos and i'm always like i can't believe like that was where i came from and then i'm like i look good now yeah exactly. i think we all have that vanity well, yeah i mean because it's it's funny it's not a popular thing to talk about but it's real so i had like the emotional thing i had a self-esteem kind of conflict i had the i would lump both of the other experiences both at the doctor and just walking the through that parking lot with it's funny with my bag full of food walking and just being like man this is like this is hard or this isn't right as i have a bag full of like like you said like uh mostly i would get packs of donuts maybe before we want to go back to my snack thing i like Mm -hmm. those little sleeves of mini donuts uh but that's irrelevant um (laughs) uh but yeah so i had like physical health concerns it hit me it hit me kind of like in all the places all at the same time uh Mm -hmm. to like light the fire so to speak yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, it's just that it's like that accumulation of factors that just lead you down to this path because you're like, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. So what, after you meet, meet with the doctor and like you go through all that, um, did you have like a, did you like go through a certain nutrition uh, program at first? Did you, I mean, I know some of the story already, but I'll tell everybody else. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Uh, uh, so, so do you have like a certain nutrition and then, um, or did, did you work with like any professionals on like getting a program in place? Uh, so I never, I, I always just kind of, I enjoy um, nerding out on fill in the blank topic. Like if I get interested in something, I really like to get fully interested in it. 
Uh, and that manifested when I wanted to uh, eat better. I just went, I did it on, I like, I went out on my own. Right. And initially say like, if you want to talk about first Google session, it, it, I, <laughs> I remember being like overwhelmed because it started, I started to get into uh, all the things that I now can easily manage and recognize, but these things, you know, like talking about macros mm -hmm. uh, and, and like controlling calories and tracking your food um, and just having zero experience and having paid like no attention to food before all that was kind of intimidating how complicated it felt or seemed uh, but quickly and I don't even I wish I could say exactly how I stumbled onto this so early uh, but the first thing that I did uh, was the paleo diet and, and then shortly thereafter stemming off of that I did um, what Mark Sisson wrote a book called the primal blueprint uh, so that so I guess I'll, I'll slow it down a little so I had paleo first and then quickly transitioned to the primal blueprint. And essentially I was eating more or less the same diet, doing both of these like terms or labels. Uh, but the nice thing about the primal blueprint in that book I was reading was that it also had um, lifestyle and fitness uh, tips and, and the big appeal to all of this, the, the nutritional approach of both paleo uh, and this primal blueprint thing, the, all the fitness and lifestyle tips that laid out in the book is that they were all, they all spoke to this, whether it be factually correct or incorrect, they all spoke to this logical piece in my brain, which was like, well, you're an animal, we evolved from animals, right? And animals in the wild continue to eat a certain way. Uh, and you evolved to eat a certain way. And now that's kind of been corrupted by this like modern food system, right? So mm -hmm. it's whole foods, uh, people might know about whole 30 is probably a little more popular than either of the paleo or primal, but it, it, it paints a picture essentially like if it has a pulse or it comes from the ground, you can eat it, right? So like no grains, no sugars. That's really the big two rules. Uh, I could have all the fruit, potatoes, meat, eggs, um, just like clean eating whole foods. And I did that uh, for about a year and a half and I lost 124 pounds um, doing that. And that was like my first stint or uh, my first like expedition on this journey. I lumped this all into one journey, but that unfortunately, uh, cause I got down to 209 doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately that uh, was followed by a large regain too, which I don't know if you want to dig more into the diet I started with or that, or just have me keep yeah, going sure. with just, it. Um, so when you went to the, cause like, I, I know, I know quite a few people have done the whole 30. I, I didn't yeah. do that myself, but I know about it. That one's really popular. So that yeah. was why I even brought it up. Cause I was yeah, like, yeah. most people know this. Yeah. 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 People would know that. Um, but paleo um, so, and, and the primal blueprint. Um, so, so did you find when you did that, like that was pretty simple and easy for you throughout it? Cause so often like we see people start a, like a, a diet, I'll call it that. Um, Cause they're not ready for like a lifestyle change. And yeah. then they, they do it for like, they're like, oh, I can do it. Like the, you, you always see like the first day, it's like it's day one. And then they're like, and then like a weekend, they lose like eight pounds because they lose all the water weight. And then they we do week two and they lose a little bit less, like four pounds or three pounds. And then week three comes and they start, then they they start to slide because they, they realize they can't, sometimes they can't go like full bore into it because um, they're not ready. And like, I always uh, pump up doing like small changes because it's easier to make small changes than to make like huge drastic ones. So did you find that difficult when you made the switch or did you do it kind of more incrementally? 
for better or for worse, I tend to be an all or nothing person, right? Like, uh, so for me, it was a big, it was just like flip the switch. This is how I eat now, more or less, right? It was mm -hmm. just like, boom, now this is what I do. And in all honesty, it was incredibly easy. Uh, and I say this with pride. I'm a I'm a proponent of tracking. I think it's something everyone should do. I'll say that to disclaim the next thing I'm about to say, uh, which is that I didn't, for that whole 124 pound uh, loss initially, do eating that way, uh, mm -hmm. I didn't track my food at all. Just eating the quote unquote right things kind of obviously balanced or regulated the calories. Uh, it wasn't that I obviously wasn't restricting calories, right? But I just wasn't consciously doing it. It was still happening. Um, yeah. And I attribute that to the better food choice, but I, I loved it. Cause I felt like I was eating like plenty. I could still kind of hit the, I, I would always do limited meals. Uh, you can call it intermittent fasting, call it whatever you want. Right. But like I said mm -hmm. earlier, wasn't a big breakfast person ever. Uh, so I've always liked to do three meals is like the most, right. I really yeah. like two, like real good meals. Cause it still gives me that. It still satisfies that like inner fat kid, right. That'll never <laughs> fully go away. Uh, it's just, I learned how to manage him. And that's one of the tools, right. Is by eating larger meals of just quote, unquote, again, quote unquote, better foods. Uh, so yeah, there was actually, it was incredibly uh, sustainable for me. Diet was not at all the reason that I uh, fell off and had the and had the regain after I initially lost the weight. It was more of a, a mental thing. And again, I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead, but I always like to say that uh, I tell people like I lost weight. I lost over a hundred pounds twice right? What's yeah. ultimately what it comes down to. Um, Cause I gained back 80 pounds after I did paleo. So I got up to 289. I remember that being the heaviest number that I saw uh, in that after that point. Mm -hmm. uh, and I always tell people that it's because I did it quote unquote, the wrong way the first time, meaning what had nothing to do with the diet had nothing to do with the workouts. Like I did a lot of kettlebell stuff. I was, I was kind of doing everything right and doing everything pretty well. Right. Like, uh, Again, not to sound braggy, but I had a relatively easy time with the weight loss function of it, but I never really took any time to address any of the mindset stuff, really. Like the Primal Blueprint book put an emphasis on like rest and relaxation and, and play, like have fun, right? Mm -hmm. it, it did these little sprinkles, <clears throat> excuse me, little sprinkles of like mindset, mentality, lifestyle things, mm -hmm. uh, and, and they kind of helped, but at the end of the day, I thought that I would just automatically become a happier person by losing weight, right? Again, to oversimplify things. I thought if I lose weight, I will be happy in every aspect of life, which when I say it, it sounds really dumb, right? Like to, to think that or to say it out loud, it sounds like silly, um, but that's what I believed. So then once I got 209, I felt good. Like I going back to like, I was like, I, I feel like I look good, but why am I not happier? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then that, that was kind of like, we talk about the, we, we always talk about the moment we've talked about a couple of like moments uh, on here that inspired good change, right. That kind of put me in a good direction. That was kind of the moment uh, or the, the feeling that sent me in the opposite direction for a yeah. little while. Yeah. Yeah, I had, I had similar, um, when I lost my hundred, first 100 pounds, I did it like basically a Weight Watchers version. And then like, I didn't do any mindset stuff. And then um, I maintained for like a year or about uh, six months. And 
you know, in the six months I gained like 10, 20 pounds, but you know, until I like it, so many people, like they, they worry about like going to the gym and I always say like, that's like the last, like that's the last 10% of your, of what's going to impact your journey. Like yeah. so much of it is like mindset and then nutrition. I mean, nutrition is really most of it, but the mindset, if you can't get the mind right, you're not going to get where you want to go. Yeah. But regardless of diet or what you're doing in the gym, I guess I say that, but look, I look back at me and it's like, well, I could do all of those things really effectively. Cause like, but I think for anything to stick, I made changes, but I didn't, for any of it to actually stick, I would have had to kind of, uh, I like analogies a lot. So I might use a lot of them, a handful of them today. Um, but a good, I think a good example of that is like, well, I was, you know, I was building this structure, building a house, but I had, I never fixed the foundation. Right. Mm -hmm. So like one, it didn't matter that I could get the house all the way built. It's still going to crumble. Right. It's just doomed for failure. Um, So that's kind of the way I looked at it. It's like, I could execute on all these weight loss functions really well. Uh, I could be disciplined, right. I could stay motivated or be disciplined when not motivated. I executed really, really well. uh, But I never did anything inside for any of it to mean anything. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So, we talked about like your first uh, 100 pounds. Um, so after you gain back, you go up to 289. Um, what what was it that you did the next time when you realized that you needed to get back on track and get back down to where you had been before? Uh, so this uh, turning point wasn't nearly as dramatic. It was more in, instead of something happening where I realized I needed to change, I was almost on the entire time I was gaining the 80 pounds. Um, which happened in, in about six months, which is kind of extreme uh, to, to me, again, looking back at it. But um, I, it wasn't as, it wasn't this like big health scare moment or anything like that. It was just kind of like me working through some of the mental things that I didn't work through before, right? So I was more, mm-hmm. I had addressed the mental side of it. Uh, I had, I'd gone to therapy. I'll just be transparent at that point. I'd seen a therapist. Uh, I had done a lot of work to kind of fix the upstairs thing. And then I was like ready to kind of recommit and get back into what I was doing and going back to how well uh, paleo or calling, let's just call it whole foods, um, a whole foods diet, going back to how well that worked for me. I just went back to the same resources online um, that I was using the first time, same blogs, the same Instagram pages. And, but now all of a sudden kind of, intermixed or intertwined into this paleo sphere uh is was the keto diet right so mm-hmm. uh that had me interested and it did kind of a similar thing uh like i said as why i did uh paleo in the first place is it spoke to this really simple logical part of me it was a little more complicated but i was also a little more versed at that time just in eating better as a concept yeah. Uh, so it did. So keto just kind of made the same simple, logical sense. Uh, so uh, I started keto in a different place than a lot of people do. Cause a lot of people do a bunch of, they'll start keto and they do a lot of like hot dogs and quest bars and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like I, because I had done paleo, I basically just took the same food selection, the whole foods concept uh, and changed the macros. Right. That's when I, that is what this is the time I started tracking anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, was when I got back into it. So then I started to learn a little more about uh, macros and about calories. And I got a little more experience with tracking 
Um, but so, so, so keto changing, was the, sorry, go ahead. So changing the macros, because I mean, for people that don't really know what, I mean, most people don't know what keto is because it's so popular. Um, but for people that don't know, what, what, the, what would it be the difference between like paleo and keto in your macros? Uh, so again, paleo was so simple that the term paleo doesn't necessarily indicate any sort of macro split at all right? It's, mm. it is more of a food macros or food quantity, whereas paleo solely focuses on food quality, right? To differentiate the two. Uh, so paleo allowed me to have like tons and tons of, I ate a lot of sweet potatoes. I ate a good amount of fruit. Um, so like a lot of things that wouldn't fit well in the low carb, low, low carb, uh, higher fat uh, approach that keto kind of requires. Mm -hmm. Um, so like it, all it really did was I would eat the same steak or burgers or chicken or whatever I would have when I was doing paleo, but instead of having potatoes on the side, it would just be, uh, broccoli. And in all honesty, when I was doing paleo, uh, I avoided dairy for the most part, but when I started keto, that was something I kind of reintroduced. So while I lost some food options, uh, I gained some new ones, but in terms of macros, uh, I never tracked them on paleo, but I'm certain hundred percent. Uh, that my primary fuel source, if, if that's what you want to call it, was, was carbohydrates, right? Uh, now my approach is so nuanced or, or just weird that I kind of lump carbs and fat as one, uh, as one so macronutrient, so to speak. Uh, so we'll get it. We can get into that later. But, um, but yeah, I did a, a low, low carb approach with key, which is what keto was with paleo food selection, just meaning whole foods. So I did like a whole foods keto uh, when I like recommitted, that was the approach that I took and that I rode that, uh, most of the way to my lowest weight, uh, but not quite all the way. Okay. And, um, how long, how long did it take you on the keto, uh, diet to get from like the 289 down to your almost lowest weight? Uh, so keto was uh, again, keto was about a year, uh, because so, it was eight, about 18 months on paleo. I lost 124. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I did put 80 pounds back on in six months. Uh, and then in just about a year, like 12 months exactly, I think I uh, that was what I did. That was when I lost the weight with keto. Uh, and then after that with keto, I hit, uh, I hit a bit of a stall. So, but to answer your question, it took me uh, 12 months and I got to 185. That was the lowest that I got with that specific approach. Okay. And you, you, you just mentioned a stall because I, I know so many people, so many of us have the stall at the plateaus. Um, where was that stall in that? Was that at the 185 or was that higher? Um, and like, how did you handle that when you had those stalls? Because I mean, so many times you hear people that they have the stall or the plateau and they just give up because they, they, they don't want to keep going. Uh, so I, again, for not to not to sound braggy but i'm good at the the discipline the execution part of it so i was also disciplined enough to when i when i initially stalled out it was like i said it was at 185 i've been doing keto for like a year uh so when i initially stalled out i was patient with it um but i floated around that 185 mark low 185 was the bottom i would go between like 185 and 187 and it would just kind of do stay there. And I was there for two to call it two and a half months. Uh, and then I participated in and So I got started getting antsy, maybe I guess to address what you were saying, like people get frustrated with stalls. I, 
I did start to get frustrated. I was patient, just like everyone recommends you should be. Cause again, I can, uh, I can execute well. Uh, but mm-hmm. then once whatever, everyone said it was going to work and it's still like, it still didn't budge. I didn't, I didn't really adjust macros too much. Uh, but then when I start to explore what my options are, which again, go back to getting a little tighter with my macros, changing something, changing my approach, it just so happened to kind of line up with going back to like this keto online world that I was dabbling in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, World Carnivore Month 2018. Uh, and so I did the entire month of January. I ate nothing but meat. Uh, and that in two weeks of that, I broke the stall from 185. I got down to 178. Uh, and that was the lowest recorded weight uh, that I've ever been at. I sat there for maybe two months. Uh, and then uh, since then, I have put weight back on, but in uh, in good ways, not in the ways that I did when I gained the 80 pounds back. So it kind of, it stuck this time, you know what I mean? But uh, I did carnivore, even though I put weight back on, I did carnivore world carnivore month turned into about world carnivore, 18 months for me. I did that for a long time. (laughs) Uh, And then I went back to keto uh, just because I I was kind of done. Like carnivore had done everything I needed it to do. I was putting weight back on. I was getting more intense with exercise. Uh, I, I did keto and then, uh, now here I stand eating whatever I want, quote unquote, right? Like I'm, it's conscious eating tracking. Again, we can talk as deep or shallow into that as you want. Um, but yeah, like I'll, I'll, even though now, if you come to my page, if you listen to this podcast and uh, you come to my Instagram page, you're going to see someone that very much looks like a, if it fits your macro style dieter, right? Uh, but I'm never going to be the person that bashes any of those labeled diets because they were really powerful for me. Um, it, so it, I'm a little more accepting and tolerable of those. I don't talk as much, I don't poke as much fun at them as a lot of people do online just because uh, they have a soft spot, right. In my, in my yeah. heart. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of see any of them as a, t- as a tool, the same as like surgery can be a tool for some people or um, some, some people just need like, you know, to go to uh, AA for other addiction as a tool like you just need to find the tool that works best for your problem um, and so we can get into um your current what your current like nutrition looks like because we're kind of getting towards that point um like how, how did how did you said you, you kind of described it but how, how else would you uh discuss it uh so, i mean my approach right now is really if if you're at all familiar you anyone listening um whatever, if anyone's familiar with um, Dr. Ted Naiman, uh, he kind of coined the term or really put a focus on something called uh, the PE diet. Um, And that's like a ratio, it's performance or protein to energy ratio. Uh, And that's why I said earlier, I kind of lump carbs and fat now into one category, um, because I just view those as energy, right? I, Mm -hmm. I bundle them as one thing. Uh, so I focus on eating what I would, a higher protein diet It is on the high side of protein. Um, and that I enjoy that even when I was keto, uh, not to get too off topic, but even when I did keto, I did much higher protein percentage wise to what a lot of people would consider 
uh, a keto diet to be. A lot of people think lots and lots of fat. Uh, and while I did have a good amount of fat, I did higher protein. I've just always enjoyed that personally. Um, so, but yeah, now it's just controlling calories, which are much higher now than they were at 178 pounds, 185 pounds. Uh, and I've, I am still quote unquote concerned about my weight. So I do still track most of the time. I'm trying to be conscious of my calories and, and my macros and my body weight. Um, but most of my focus now diet from a dietary sense, fitness perspective, it's all kind of shifted to uh, athletic performance. Um, and I, my diet is almost an extension of that, but yeah, I'm, I'm open-minded now. Uh, I eat carbs, I eat fat protein. <laughs> I eat whatever I want from time to time. Again, again, like go within reason, right? I just have so much more control and knowledge and, and capability now. Um, so yeah, but, uh, that is like, I guess, all the, that gets me all the way up to today, so to speak, uh, from a dietary sense is that it doesn't, it looks much different now than it did at any point through my weight loss success. But the way that I lost weight was necessary for me to get where I am now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause now you can maintain better than you could when you were, you know, then losing it almost 300 pounds or over 300 pounds. Um, so, so you mentioned while you're talking about the current nutrition, um, that it's, you kind of have it built for, uh, athletic performance. So I, obviously your name on Instagram is Ben Jitsu. So I, I know that jujitsu is a big interest of yours. How did you get in, uh, started with that? Um, so I'll try to be respectful of your time, but I like to take this one, not take it back, but like but my, I've always been interested in like fighting for lack of a better term. I never got in a fight, right? I can say that proudly, but I was always interested in fighting. I liked um, boxing when I was a kid. I remember when UFC got real popular when I was like a teenager, kind of, it started to really explode. Um, mm -hmm. But I, my dad and I, like the biggest thing that we ever shared was we would watch movies, uh, like we'd watch Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, Chuck Norris, Bruce Lee, any any, martial, any movie that involved martial arts is like a central focus of it, right? We just, we loved it. Uh, and it's, I looking, we can, this is a whole nother topic. Uh, but I always look back at it and like, wish I had started sooner, but you can make that argument for anything. It's a negative mindset. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. I am surprised that at that time I didn't show more interest in learning any of that stuff just because like, I loved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I still do. I still eat up like a, a Marshall, like I'm super excited again, going off topic for the Shang-Chi movie uh, that's coming out because it is Marvel's like martial arts movie right and it's oh yeah for sure uh, so it, it's like two things that i love in one so i'm like tremendously excited for that uh but always interested in martial arts really big fan of ufc whatever so again the second time i lost weight having addressed more of the mental stuff i realized is i realized that i needed something to kind of focus on with life after weight loss, quote unquote, I, I wasn't even done losing weight when I decided to do this. I just kind of rewarded myself for getting under the 200 pound mark. So I started in September uh, of 2017. Uh, I started jujitsu. Um, and then since then I've gone uh, probably an average of three, but anywhere from two, two to four weeks or two to four times per week, like literally every week, unless I'm on vacation since then. Uh, and it's like, I literally, I was hooked like I was just all in. Right. And, uh, now that is the biggest focus. That's the biggest thing that I care about. So my nutrition, instead of having some kind of physical goal 
like a body weight goal or even a body fat percentage and short of having any kind of physical goal. Uh, my goals all kind of now revolve around jujitsu. Uh, again, when it comes to why I'm eating the way that I'm eating or like working out in a certain way or whatever. Yeah. And that's great. Cause like, I feel like so many times like you need, like having that thing, whether it's a, like obviously a athletic uh, endeavor or, just a, like some people just a hobby to like have something that focus you right because like if, if, if you're just like for mo- you know for people like if you're work school family like where's like the the thing that's like you can do at outside of everything else <laughs> that yeah kind, kind of gives you like i don't want to say purpose but to a certain extent like a purpose or just just to like blow blow off steam or whatever it might be. I always tell people to try to find a thing. Like that's the same word I use. This is the one that you used. It's like, doesn't even bonus points if it's physical, uh, right? Like jujitsu, people really into CrossFit or bodybuilding or running people like marathons or even, Mm -hmm. even you to some degree, like with all the walking, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. a similar thing. Um, And it's like, so if it's physical, that's bonus points. But at the end of the day, having something to focus on and put that same effort like if you can successfully lose weight uh then then that's good but i think that you're gonna need to redirect all that energy you spent for so long right all that focus on this one thing now you don't like you're not spending you're not using as much bandwidth here i go with another analogy (laughs) right it's like you're not using as much bandwidth for that thing so it frees it up so what are you going to do with it now that you have extra right you find your thing and you can try to put it into that um yeah it can can be painting or like knitting it doesn't really matter right write a book i don't care but find something that like engages you where you can put that like same energy that you put into yourself and weight loss you put into something else i mean that's basically kind of why i started this because i needed something i mean i still have a bit to go but i know that i'm coming up closer to the end than i am in the beginning so, so that's where, uh, that's what kind of spawned doing this. Cause I was just like, I need, I want something like, and to have something also that can be impactful in a way for people. Cause I, yeah. I can tell you many people that I met just cause I heard them on different podcasts, like met yeah. on Instagram. Right. Cause I'm just like, Hey, I heard you on so-and-so's podcast. Are you on, on your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I, I just like just hit them up. Cause I'm like, you know, we have similar things that happen and you have a lot of shared common interests or common situations um so yeah so one thing i like to ask everybody i know we talked about jujitsu already but i usually to ask each guest about some hobby or interest outside of weight loss um what would be the another one besides jujitsu for you uh so if we we can go uh way back uh, to the beginning of the episode when i talked about how i spent my time as an inactive youth uh, and comic books were always a big part of that. I still like to read them uh, if I can. Uh, I'm much more, I always try to find time to make time for all the, every movie, TV show. It doesn't even have to be DC or Marvel. I just really, I, and specifically within comic books, here I go. This is going to turn into a lot. <laughs> within comic That's books, fine. like th- there are non-superhero comic books uh, and those are great. There are some really good ones uh, uh, like the the Tith and postal uh like there's some really good non-superhero comic books um but again kind of in the same way the martial arts movies and the kung fu movies uh hit this like special spot in me like superheroes 
kind of does the same thing. So I do, I love me a good, even it, it like it's predictable, they're going to win, whatever. People say all these kings, all these things, and I just, I eat it up. Like I love yeah. a good superhero story. The comics are better a lot of times than, than movies and TV shows and stuff like that because uh, the comics can go a little more into the world of like, well, what if they don't always win, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, com- and it, it's funny when you mention the predictability because so you, like I remember when Avengers Endgame came out and people are like, oh, like how predictable was that that the Avengers would win? I'm like, you didn't actually expect Thanos to win, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, exactly. that's, so that's like that was they circumvented that superhero movies are boring logic by ending that one on such a like they snap everybody away, right? And then. Mm-hmm. And then it's like credits. <laughs> You're just, it, that's yeah. it. It, it. It was almost Empire Strikes Back level. Yeah. Of like shock and down, ending on a down note. People cried. Yeah. I, I, I remember, I remember watching people cry. It was the uh, Peter Parker when he, when he goes. Oh, but that's he, what yeah. Killed, that's what just got <laughs> that's what people killed going. Yeah, oh, that's that's, what, got that's, what, that's yeah. what I started hearing like sniffling and, <laughs> and I remember I, me and my one buddy went and we saw like a, like the first show that night, the first night. And he like just turned around. He's like, "What are these? What are these morons?" Because <laughs> he doesn't didn't get it at all. Like he doesn't get attached like that. But, but yeah, that's hilarious. But yeah, so com and that was a long winded answer for a short question. But I really like comic books specifically. I like superheroes. That's what what, what um so like uh, were there certain ones when you're like that you like the most like certain because so for me when I was I don't I haven't read comic books in a long time. I have a on my shelf you can't really read it but i have the killing joke that's the one <laughs> the one i have now um because yeah. i got rid of as a kid i got rid of all my other ones that's a good um, but, one now. but i was a big uh, x-men fan as a kid like that was my gotcha. comic and show i have that as a ringtone sometimes that's, i look i love that that's and great. uh and that and the batman animated series were my like top two but i mean they're great um, were there certain ones that were like your go-tos or your favorites to pick up or were you just like, let me just have everything I can get my hands on? Uh, I, so it goes back to when I, when I like something, this has always been since I was a kid up till now, when I like something, I like really like it. Right. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fully in, uh, I'll take anything again. Like I, I, that's why I go back to like, I've read comics. I like that aren't superhero stories. Uh, but there's just something unique about a superhero story. And for me, uh, it's Batman. I, first of all, first of all, in the comic book discussion, DC is, DC is better than Marvel. And this is my opinion because I'm not stating this as fact, but DC is better than Marvel. They do comic books, better comic book events, crossover, solo series. Um, They, they kill it and they do animated stuff at least so far uh, until Marvel does more with Marvel studios um but they do animated stuff better uh than marvel does too but they the reason that dc isn't as popular i think today or like i would say it's not uh is because most people know the movies and the dc movies have been they've left a lot to desire um that's a nice way to put it yes so i think so i guess that's a, a long tangent for that but batman was my first like the first one that I liked a lot, uh, I think for two big reasons, I like the thought of just a guy kind of thing, right? Like you take powers out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the, sorry, I liked the um, the use of martial arts in it, right? He fought a lot. He was really, he's the world's best fighter, world's greatest detective, et cetera, et cetera. 
Uh, so yeah, it's big Batman fan. And I like that you said Batman the animated series because it's really, really good. Uh, and it's on HBO Max. Uh, I'm, it probably doesn't. I've discovered recently that it's on HBO Max and it probably doesn't hold up as well now as it did then. But it was really great. And the few things that I have seen as an adult have still made me want to watch it. Uh, so I plan on watching that now with my kids uh, to try to hopefully perpetuate the cycle of Batman <laughs> fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't watched it in like, you know, since it was on probably right. in the mid 90s. So uh, I'd probably go back and watch it at some point, but I haven't yet. Um, I, I, other than like the, the Dark Knight trilogy, outside of that, DC kind of shit the bed for instead of a better phrase uh, for a lot of it. And I, I feel like they, they've started to come back with the movies lately until Wonder Woman 84 happened, <laughs> and, uh, which was, I thought was dreadful. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for like where they go from here because they, they're doing such weird stuff. Like you're going to have three Batman in the same year. Yeah. Yeah. They're movies. doing a lot of, they're doing a lot of weird, uh, they're doing a lot of weird stuff with the movies, but I think they're doing the same thing that kind of, they're doing the same thing that Marvel does with, so like going from WandaVision to the Spider-Man to the next Doctor Strange, they're introducing this multiverse concept. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am one of the people shouting for, um, Snyder to continue through with the movies uh, to like maintain all the plot lines that he had planned out because he also introduced this concept um, of a multiverse right with mm -hmm. the flash changing time and going into like going through the speed force they also uh, they're going to make a flashpoint movie yeah. which is which literally takes place through the multiverse so like they're giving themselves the same open pass that marvel's trying to do with the same logic of like well yeah. there's infinite universes with infinite batmans and infinite speed spider-mans and like uh so i if if snyder can continue and that's how they justify it i'm fine yeah uh, well and, and now now with uh because as of now um like they're being sold so uh warner brothers so now maybe they will because they, they said a couple months ago they're not going to do any more but now, you know, with new when when somebody else is in charge of the money, they yeah. they, they might decide to do like I, I think it'd be better if I, I'd rather be like actually in a movie like a traditional movie theater setting. Um, I I know it was four hours and it was like I loved it. Um, like I, I think it'd be like a nine out of ten because I hated the first one. Yeah, <laughs> right. It is crazy how <laughs> how much of a different finished product you get with like eighty percent or call it sixty percent of the same footage, right? Like. It was mostly the same, but enough big, like huge differences. Uh, yeah, and, and, and it was you know, so much better. And you know, it wasn't necessarily that it was that much. Like some of it is also just because my perception, because I had such a low bar going into that it. Doesn't hurt. It's, yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, like so, I'm DC uh, fanboy. I love DC comics, and I'll see any DC property, television or otherwise, uh, for better or for worse. I'm gonna give it a chance. Um, but but uh yeah that's batman is batman's my my favorite but they just don't i have really really high hopes for the robert pattinson batman to mm. be everything i want a batman movie like i'm probably i'm doing the opposite of what you do with, with justice league because now i'm setting the bar so high in my head like i want so much out of that movie uh even if he's not the like earth prime batman in that in that universe yeah. right 
I just want, I just want so badly for, for that movie to be a good like Batman story. It looks like it's halfway based on the long Halloween, which you have uh, with you. So I'm, and that is one of my favorite stories. Um, Yeah. I just, I'm stoked for, I'm stoked for that. Hopefully they can redeem themselves with that movie alone. Uh, But a lot of stuff that they have coming out is unique. And like you said, they have opportunity now because it's not Warner brothers anymore. Yeah. And um, like the, the car and the new Batmobile just looks like, I just like that. It's totally different from everything we've seen since yeah. like, because not uh, Nolan, notwithstanding Batman, 89, 92, 95, 97 Snyder's Batmobile. They all have like a similar look in ways. And, and I'm like, this is totally different. And that's why I like Nolan's. Cause it was just like a tank basically. <laughs> right. This, <laughs> well, this term, this term is really it's funny where you draw the line of things that matter and don't when you use the word realistic, when you're talking about any mm. superhero property, right? But it's like, that's part of what, that's part of, again, going back to what I liked about Batman, he's always kind of like a normal guy doing crazy stuff. That's that's what this Batman movie that's coming out looks like. Cause it's based, it looks more like a car the Punisher would drive. It's just like a black muscle car more with, that's like armored, like armored out or whatever. Uh, yeah. So I, I just like that. It makes me like it even more because it's quote unquote realistic, even though it's about a guy who dresses like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> um, it, it, it's one of my favorite words that nobody ever knows. It's called verisimilitude, which is like the appearance of another being person. real. Yeah. Okay. Right? I was going to say yeah. another person here that didn't know it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I heard it on a podcast, on another podcast, movie podcast. And it's all, so often that when you lose a verisimilitude or the appearance of it being real, like you lose so much of like it, it's, it's when things like fall apart in the narrative like and, and you just don't buy it anymore like i mean you're, you're already buying a guy that's dressed like a bat and is yeah. is protecting it's a, a, a city like gotham right yeah uh, so, so it's already you're already taking a leap there but it's, it's once you lose that suspension of disbelief um you lose people and granted you could be watching stuff like lord of the rings which is totally fantasy so yeah. i mean lord of the rings is great but well, it's funny because realistic to what the established, just like they world uh-huh. build, like authors world world build, there's like a logic building. Yeah. Uh, so as long as it fits within the logic of this universe, then it doesn't see it doesn't stand out in any way, right? That's kind of where yeah. what matters is that it, it's like he can't make Superman bleed. It's like okay, you're right. You're 100 right. It's like he shouldn't have like, but he can he can hit him. He can't make him bleed. So if that happens, and it becomes whatever. Um, yeah. People have the same complaint when Batman makes mistakes because they do that a lot in the comics. Uh, and like he made in the movies, it happens too, but like he'll make massive mistakes uh, a lot of times in comic books. And like there are a lot of people that kind of get all ruffled up about that because it's like, well, he's the world's greatest detective. He should have known that they were going to know that he knew that they were going to whatever, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it becomes. He should, he should always be like three steps ahead in his chest, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's why I find like Batman and Iron Man have been like the most relatable to people because they're real people. Like they don't have any superpower. Like Money they're both rich. The they're, they're, they're like, that's, that's his line in Justice League and like uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s in, um, was it Civil War? Or yeah, it's, one, like, it's one of them where he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he says, take away the suit. What are you? And he's like, you know, billionaire philanthropist playboy. <laughs> Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so we talked about superheroes again. Um, and it, I, I love it because I can talk about them. I, I didn't read all the, like, I wasn't big in Marvel as a kid. So I, I had it when Thanos started showing up in the 
post credit scenes, I would uh, Wikipedia Thanos. <laughs> and uh, but but yeah, uh, I was much more a Batman and X Men uh, fan. So all right, so moving on from that, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of wrap up the show with what I call Brett's Corner, which is I ask you five questions. I'm actually gonna ask you a sixth one as a bonus, Ooh, but bonus I didn't tell question. you. Bonus uh, question. Yeah, I've had time to prepare for these, and, and somehow I'm still not fully. Yes, see, there's there's prepared. one there's weird. one person that was asked all five and was not given a heads up. So he, when he hears this, he's gonna be happy about that. <laughs> uh all right so number one what is one movie tv show or event uh could be physical or not not necessarily pop culture uh that are you're most excited for in the coming year uh well why don't we maintain the theme okay. for more sure. we just were uh and i'm i'll say because you use the word movie in the question and what and immediately what comes to mind is that matt reeves batman movie with the Robert Pattinson Batman. And I can now say that it is a year because I think, oh, not technically, because it's the 21st and I think it comes out May, like the May 22nd, or it might've yeah, just yeah, been but, May, but, it um, might've just been May 2022. Well, but either way, close enough. Th- this episode's unreleased for another two months, so. Oh, perfect, <laughs> edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> Ch- take that out of here. So yeah, I'll say Matt Reeves Batman. Yeah, Matt Reeves. Even, more than, even more than Shang-Chi? Uh, I am just again because it's Batman. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's it, fair. It, it is. Uh, I have a hierarchy of things that get me excited, and Shang Chi uh, checks a lot of boxes, but it doesn't get enough of a cumulative score, so to speak, uh, yeah, to yeah. trump Batman. He, he's not part of the Holy Trinity, so. Right. That's exactly. <laughs> All right. Number two. Superman sucks. <laughs> I'll say what, that. What's that? Superman sucks. Superman sucks. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah, they can't really do a good Superman movie, uh, but anyway. Um, number two, what are two non-health related goals for the next year? Uh, first would be, I want to get, uh, I'll say as many as possible, but why don't we, I want to get at least one uh, gold medal in a jujitsu tournament or competition. I've done several. I have multiple bronze medals. I have multiple uh, silver medals, but I do not have any gold medals for having done this three and a half years Mm -hmm. right at this point uh so that is one big goal is at least one first gold medal uh and then i would also like to uh i have for those who aren't super aware of who i am i guess before listening to this you may not know that like i do some stuff online like i have a podcast um uh i'm pretty active on instagram i have a youtube channel i do just a lot of things, including coaching other people. Uh, and that's actually been going uh, really, really well lately. So it is my goal for the next year to hopefully be able to, I, but I do still have a part-time job now that supplements uh, like how I make a living. But really what it does is let me, uh, it affords me some of the luxuries, right? Some of the things that I, that aren't needs, but are more wants. So I make time to have that job to supplement it. It's just mm-hmm. funny. Uh, but at the end of the day, I would like to be able to fully transition to just all in on my own stuff and not have to do the uh, working for the man thing, you know? Hey, very cool. I'm sure I'm sure you'll get there soon, even if it wasn't in, you know, the next year. But I mean, you got, got a lot going on there uh, yeah. between the podcast and coaching and jujitsu and part time job. So number three, if someone came to you saying they were lacking motivation to stay consistent with their goals, or anything in their journey, what three pieces of advice would you give them? Um, so three pieces of advice. Number one, 
Uh, rem- you have to remember why you started and it has to matter. Uh, that's a big one. Uh, and again, not to be judgmental, just saying simply, I want to look better, like the going, going back to vanity, as long as that is important enough to you, if you're being honest, if that really is the thing that's most important, then, and that's why you started, then remember just whatever your reason is, remember why you started doing it in the first place. Uh, that should always at least help stock a little motivation, even if it's not enough. Uh, another big way that I find motivation, I follow just follow people, athletes, influencers um, on social media, slash listen to music, watch a movie, uh, watch a YouTube video or YouTube channel. Just find like, there are undoubtedly people out there that are similar enough and resonate with you enough to kind of get you fired up in some way, right? And that you can feed off of them and look to them for that extra boost when you really need it. Uh, and that's number two. And then number three is kind of as harsh and uh, not nice as this may sound. At the end of the day, you kind of just have to do it. Um, you have to accept that you're not motivated and understand or uh, execute anyway. Right? You have to do the thing, even though you don't want to do the thing. It's kind of cliche and it's kind of severe, but it's totally true. Uh, so those would be my three things. Yeah, that's funny. I know um, a lot of people listen or read Goggins stuff. And that's one of the things he says always is, well, he says, fuck motivation. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I have more faith in it than that. Yeah. Um, but but, but it, it's again, it's like you said, it is a tool. Uh, so when you don't have it to work with, it's you still got to do the job, even if you don't have all your tools. Right. Here yeah. I am with analogies again. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number four, what have you discovered about yourself during your, during your journey that surprised you the most? Oh, so this one was, uh, so we've already kind of let it out. I think that you gave me these ahead of time. Uh, and I'll be honest, this one was probably, this was not the hardest one, but it was, uh, it was a difficult one that gave me a lot to think like much longer about this one. Uh, because I learned a lot of things about myself, uh, good and bad. I've leaned into the good ones and I've tried to work around the bad ones and I feel like I'm in a pretty good place. But in all honesty, the like the biggest difference, the biggest thing I learned about myself is that for so for my whole life, uh, I was kind of labeled as lazy. I, I, I felt lazy because I had one understanding of how you people quote unquote should live or do like Essentially, I always had a reputation as being lazy, both with myself and with other people. Uh, and then at a certain point, I kind of realized that it wasn't, it's not laziness, it, it's lack of enthusiasm or engagement. Because when I care about something, like when something matters to me, like comic books, like jujitsu, like losing weight did uh, at a certain point, like when I care about something, uh, any of these things that we talked about, I have coaching, I have a podcast, like I... I have a very strong and disciplined work ethic with things that, that I care about more or less. So uh, it does present challenges because not everything you have to do in life is engaging, right? Even, yeah. even not fun thing. Like I it working out is engaging, but it's not always fun, but it's still like important enough to me to do it. Uh, so like it can work for negative things or positive things. Uh, but yeah, when I'm not like, there are just parts of life. So I do have my struggles with that, but yeah, I, I realize that I'm not lazy. Uh, I perhaps have a difficult time f- 
forcing enthusiasm, maybe a good way to say it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, 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 I can, uh, I can roll with that because I've had those moments as well, like where you're just not engaged. I, I, I'd say not engaged in it because it's not something you care that much about compared to like a, you know, any of your interests. All right. Uh, fifth question, which I think is probably the hardest one. Um, <laughs> if in 150 years science fails to save us and all that is left is a book about your life, what would be the title and what would the blurb tell us about Ben? So th- this was hard and I'm somewhat afraid that I'll disappoint with my answer. However, there is a term that I've heard. I heard it first from Mark Bell. Um, I'm not, I'm not positive if you're familiar with him. Um, so like I heard, but he used the term less fat. Uh, and it goes back to earlier when I said, like, I still have the fat kid in there, but I just have to, I've learned how to manage it, like live with him as opposed mm-hmm. to fighting with him. Right. We live harmoniously now. Uh, so I really like the term less fat and I tried so hard to think of a way to call a book about me less fat. Um, I also had the thought that it's really, it's really unfortunate if the, a book about me is the only piece of literature left remaining, uh, in the end (laughs) like that, that almost sent me into a depression. It's so sad to think about, but, um, but so I, I liked, hang on. I wrote, I wrote a couple things down. So I liked, uh, less fat, the evolution of former fat kid, Ben Phelps. I like that one. That's good. Uh, I tried to work in the concept of no longer fat on, uh, no longer fat on the outside, always fat on the inside. Tried to work that onto it too. Uh, and then um, silencing your inner fat kid. That was one thing that I thought of, but that sounds more like a self-help book than a biography. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but so sorry if I disappoint, but I really just love the term less fat. And if someone's going to write a book about me uh, and it's going to be focused on like the stuff that we talked about here today, I hope that that is the title that they roll awesome. with yeah yeah definitely but number uh, six now i guess which may prove to actually be the hardest because i didn't have time to think about it no this is this is probably the, i think this won't be that hard so um as you know like i'm weeks away from being a father what would be a, a piece of advice you'd give me as a new dad oh uh i like can am i allowed to am i allowed to give two pieces sure of advice okay as long as one's not sleep. Uh, no, none of that. None of, nothing too cliche, nothing too like cliche, but I will start with the one that is probably going to be the most cliche. Um, but the reason that I start with this one is because it's really, really important because, um, because I was so young when I got married and had kids, particularly with my oldest, I didn't like soak it in the, as much as I would have liked to. Um, and that it kind of sucks, you know what I mean? To feel that way. Uh, so I guess appreciate every moment. Like these are all, ge- what are the things I'm going to say are probably going to be good general pieces of life advice. Um, but specifically, uh, as a, as a dad, I guess like really, I don't know, take it in, take pictures, force memories, like enjoy all the time because you really do start to realize that you don't get it back. Uh, and as it had, a, I had a much easier time accepting that I wouldn't get time in my life back to do things for me as I, I've had an easier time accepting that about myself than thinking that I lost time of theirs. You know what I'm saying? If that, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, and then the other one, which may seem almost counterintuitive to my first point, 
but I think it's very important. It doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, and it's also good general life advice, but I think specifically going on the father thing, uh, something that I struggled with um, a lot, particularly going back to my 80 pound regain when I had some like problems, <laughs> uh, I, I never took any time or care or attention of myself. And I don't want to make this some like self-care bubble bath bullshit, right? Like I'm not trying to sell that message, but like take time for you. Uh, I'm trying to reach for a cliche. Um, you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. Right. So like take time for yourself too, uh, because the, the better care you take of yourself, the better version of you, you're able to give them, uh, in the, in the moments that you are with them, I guess, so to speak. So, uh, so yeah, just appreciate everything like whatever you got to do you be the annoying person that takes the pictures even if you whether you want to show them to people or not mm -hmm. like just do it man because like it's i don't know i wish i had them and then at the on the other hand um take time for yourself because you are you are also important even though there's someone else important in the situation now yeah cool very cool all right, Ben, um, that'll probably wrap it up here. Um, before we go, I wanted to give you a chance to let everyone know that they can find you for your coaching, your podcast, as well as if they want to reach out to you on social media. Golly. Uh, so thorough, thank you. I don't know if I'll have a, a lengthy opportunity after this to speak again. So thank you again for having me on uh, so early in the infancy of this podcast. I look forward to potentially returning uh, once you are many, many, many episodes in, uh, we can talk about, we can review the Batman movie after it comes out, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I do appreciate you, uh, asking me to come on here. I appreciate it. I, the same reason that, uh, I do my podcast and I share other people's, uh, stories and experiences because, because just because someone follows me and likes me doesn't mean that they can't absorb uh, anything from other people or find other people. Like you said, we find, we find each other or people, other people on podcasts all the time. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, you can find me on Instagram at ben.jitsu. Uh, you can go to benjitsu.online. Uh, that's my website, which links to everything else that I do, including that Instagram page. Uh, I am benjitsu on YouTube. Uh, I don't do a tremendous amount of quote unquote, I'm not a vlogger or a YouTuber or anything, but I have a YouTube channel where I just put up things that are relevant to me, important to me. Uh, I put up podcast stuff there. So check me out on YouTube, check me out on Instagram, uh, go to my website. Uh, and yeah, just come, uh, come hang out. It's all about my, I always say my mission and I, I say it on my podcast, but it's really my mission at this point uh, in life is I just want to inspire, inform and entertain people uh, to strive to be the best the best versions of themselves that they can be that's what i'm trying to do that's what i want everybody else to do uh so come do it yeah come do it with me yeah i'm pretty sure we did that here today so um, i like to think so yeah <laughs> so it was great having you on i'd be remiss if i didn't ask is that a donut behind you it is it is a donut it um is there video for the podcast yeah, yeah there is yeah hang on one second okay Oh, it drowns out because I don't have the light on in front of me. But uh, yeah. so I one thing I didn't plug in my places where you can find me is I have uh, I'm on Twitch. So I stream video games from time to time. Another er nerd aspect of me. That's mm -hmm. kind of been a carryover from being heavy and stuff. Uh, but yeah, the donut lights up and it's like strawberry frosted and stuff. It just it's really drowned out now because I don't have my other lights on and stuff. I didn't think yeah. about that. 
That's all right. But yeah, I, I just thought I'd, I'd ask it. I'm sure people will watch this and be like, what is that a donut? It is a donut. It's a, again, it's a tribute to that fat kid that will always yeah. reside in here, right? It's my tribute to him as we continue to live uh, peacefully together. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I will add all that information in the show notes and we will see you next time here on Becoming More. So until then, become more consistent every day. <laughs>